Welcome to Simple Truth, the teaching ministry of Pastor Eddie Turner and Family Worship Center in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Through the practical and simple explanation of God's Word, Pastor Eddie has taught the Word of God to thousands of people around the world. The following message is from a recent service at Family Worship Center in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Let's join Pastor Eddie as he shares simple truths from God's Word. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21, it says this, the tongue, I'm reading out of the NIV, the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Now turn to 1 Kings, go to 1 Kings, how many brought your Bibles or your tablet or something, phone, amen, 1 Kings chapter 3, 1 Kings chapter 3. Let's begin reading with verse number 3. Wonderful story. It says, Solomon showed his love for the Lord by walking according to the instructions given him by his father David, except that he offered sacrifices and burned incense on the high places. Verse 4, the king went to Gibeon to offer sacrifices, for that was the most important high place, and Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings on that altar. Verse 5, At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon during the night in a dream, and God said, Ask for whatever you want me to give you. Solomon answered, You have shown great kindness to your servant, my father David, because he was faithful to you and righteous and upright in heart. You have continued this great kindness to him and have given him a son to sit on his throne this very day. Verse 7, Now, Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David, but I am only a little child and do not know how to carry out my duties. Your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to count or number. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? Verse 10, The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. So God said to him, Since you have asked for this and not for long life or wealth for yourself, nor have asked for the death of your enemies, but a discernment and administering justice, I will do what you have asked. I will give you a wise and discerning heart so that there will never have been anyone like you, nor will there ever be. Moreover, I will give you what you have not asked for both wealth and honor, so that in your lifetime you will have no equal among kings. And if you walk in obedience to me and keep my decrees and commands as David your father did, I will give you a long life. Isn't that a great story? In a few days, our children, our grandchildren, our nieces, our nephews, and those neighborhood brats that live close to you will begin another school year. The summer break is ending and it's time to return to school. But before school starts, one important thing must be done. Back to school shopping. In fact, this weekend in the state of Tennessee, we observe a, what they refer to as a tax-free holiday weekend. 
so parents can purchase needed clothes and school supplies for the upcoming school year tax-free. How many took advantage of tax-free weekend? Raise your hand. All right. How many of you glad those days are over? How many of you don't care what the kids wear to school? Just want them out of your front yard. Raise your hand. The beginning of school year is always an exciting time, especially for those little ones who this is their first time attending school. We buy such things as scissors, crayons, coloring pencils, regular pencils, glue, binders, three-pronged pocket folders, markers, composition notebooks, and nowadays, this wasn't in my day, nowadays, headphones and earbuds are required equipment and tools for our children to have a successful school year. But I want to tell you something. Of all the tools God gave us to raise our children, the most powerful tool we can give them this school year is words of blessing that come from our mouths. Do you know it's a humbling revelation to grasp that God has conferred upon humankind, you and I, a staggering degree of power and responsibility in the capacity of our words to cause things to happen. It's an awesome thing. It's a terrifying thing to think that my words create. Your words create. The man that God said there'll never be anybody like you and there'll never be anybody that's come before you and nobody like you come after you to Solomon. Solomon said this, death and life are in the power of the tongue. The tongue has the power of life and death and those who love it shall eat the fruit of it. What an awesome responsibility that out of my mouth comes life, out of my mouth can come death. Look what the New Testament says. Turn over to James chapter 3. James chapter 3, verse number 2. The New Testament book of James, out back there toward Revelation. James chapter 3, verse number 2. Notice what it says. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect. Anyone, he says, anybody who don't stumble with their mouth, with their tongue, you're perfect. You're mature and able to keep your whole body in check. Verse 3, we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us. We can turn the whole animal or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they, steered, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Verse 5. Likewise, the tongue, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boast. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. Verse 6, the tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. The Bible says if you can control your tongue, you can control your whole body. The Bible goes on to say our tongues determine the course of our life. 
These verses inform us that our tongues and the words we speak can determine our direction and course of life. Likewise, the words we speak over our children will determine their course of life also. Look at James 3.6. Notice what it says in the New Living Translation. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is, it is a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire. For it is set on fire by hell itself. Did you know that words, your words, my words, God's words, are the most powerful thing in the universe? Words are the most powerful thing in the universe. Those who say they can and those who say they can't are both right. The words we speak over our children will either put them over or hold them in bondage in their life. Did you hear me? The words we speak over our children. You say, well, my kids are out of school. The words you speak over your adult children will either set them free or put them in bondage for the remainder of their life. From the opening words of the Bible, the power of the, God, of the spoken word is evident. Turn with me to Genesis chapter 1. Go back to the very first. It's right after the table of contents. Genesis chapter 1. Go to the table of contents and turn over the next page. Genesis chapter 1, verse number 1. Notice what it says. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Verse 3, Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. Notice the Bible tells us that in the beginning, the Spirit of God hovered over the waters. The water was there. It says the water was there. It also says the darkness was there. And it says the Spirit of God was there. But nothing happened until words were spoken. The water was there. Darkness was there. The Spirit of God. The Spirit of God was there. But nothing happened until words were spoken. Do you know the way many of us talk? We don't understand that our words are power containers. The way most of us talk. I can't, you're not, we'll never, government's never going to do anything, this country's a mess, it's all going to hell. That's company, I work, I hate working for this bar, I hate working for this company, they don't care about nobody. Son, if you don't straighten up, you're not going to amount to anything. You're never going to have nothing. You know, the way we talk, most of us do not realize that our words are power containers. Our words contain the power to create or to destroy. In fact, it was words that were the container that moved Jesus from heaven to get to earth. It was words. Well, God sent Jesus to, to earth. Yeah, God sent Jesus to earth. But you know how he got him here? Through words. It's through words. Let me prove it to you. Turn with me to Luke chapter 1. Turn over to Luke chapter 1. Verse number 26, that's in the New Testament. Go to halfway, take your Bible, go halfway, and it's, it's the third book in, on the right. Third book to the right. Luke chapter 1, Matthew, Mark, Luke. Yeah, third book to the right. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. Now in the sixth month, 
The angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. Do you know it's only, uh, I was reading the other day, just, just a few days to Christmas, so I thought we'd go on and read this. To a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. I love it in the King James. It's the only time that God cusses. He says, Hail Mary. Hail Mary, the Lord is with you. Verse 29. But when she saw him, she was troubled at this saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Verse 30, Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? In other words, I'm a teenage girl. I've never had uh, sexual relations with any man. Verse 35, And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. And and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that holy one who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. Verse 38, then Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Look what she said. Let it be according to your word. And the angel departed from her. The angel Gabriel appeared to Mary and brought a message from God. That message came in form of words. Here's the message. You're going to have a son. The Holy Spirit's going to overshadow you. And you're going to conceive in your womb, and you're going to have a son. He's going to be the son of God, and of his throne there will be no end. And notice what Mary responded to the angel. Verse number 38 of Luke chapter 1 again. Notice what she, he, she says. Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your what? Word. Word. And the angel departed from her. Now listen to me. Gabriel's words contain power. And when Mary believed those words, let it be to me according to your word, bang! A seed was planted in Mary's womb. Let me tell you something. When we speak over our children, seeds are planted in their heart. Seeds are planted. It might take years for those seeds to come up, but those seeds are planted. That's why our tongue are containers of death and life. That's why we speak life over our children, not death over our children. Because our words are power containers. Gabriel's words contain power, and when young Mary believed those words, that power got out of that container and planted into her womb. It was the word. You say, how do you know that? Look at John chapter 1, verse 14. Turn over to John chapter 1, verse number 14, and notice what it says. And the what? The word became flesh and dwelt among us. Who that's, who's that talking referring to? It's referring to Jesus. And notice what he was called? The Word. How did Jesus get from heaven to earth? Through the Word. It's the Word. Your words are powerful. My words are powerful over our children. Of all the tools 
God gave us to raise our children. The most powerful tool we can give them this school year is words of blessing coming from our mouths. If so, my kids are well, your grandchildren, your nieces, your nephews, your great-grandchildren. Look at Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21 in the message. Look what the message says. Words kill, words give life. They're either, either poison or fruit. You choose. How many have ever heard this little saying? Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Anybody ever heard that? I used to say that on the playground when they'd call me fatty. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. And then they'd turn around and haul off and hit them in the head with a stick. In Jesus' name. But I'm not bitter. It's a catchy little rhythmic phrase. Sticks and stones will, may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. It's a catchy little rhythmic phrase, but it's not true. Hurtful and critical words can cause pain that lasts much longer and do more damage than being hit by a rock or a stick. Every one of us in this room can recall some critical, hateful, evil word that was said to us years ago. To the point that many of us can go back and remember where it was said, what time of day it was said, who said it, and the whole... Si we, words are power containers. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And words can destroy us or words can develop us. Proverbs 15.4 says this, The soothing tongue is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. Proverbs 21.23 says this, Those who guard their mouths and their tongues keep themselves from calamity. Why did God let me get in this mess? Because you opened your big mouth. That's why you're in this mess. Keep your mouth shut. You are your own worst enemy. Words are powerful. They create life or death. Words sustain us in difficult days. You've had people to encourage you in a dark moment, and it sustains you. Or words have discouraged us. Words develop friendships. And words can destroy friendships. Amen. Our marriages are sealed with an oath, our words. We seal the most important relationship in our life, our marriage, with a word. Our words contain the power to deliver us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of God's dear Son. You came and became a Christian by your words. You got your ticket stamped to heaven by your words. You and I overcome the power of Satan through our words. Look what Romans chapter 10. How many of you were raised Baptist? How many were you raised Baptist? You came out of the womb if you were raised Baptist, quoting this verse. Romans chapter 10, verse 9. Romans chapter 10, verse 9. If you declare with your what? Mouth. Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God hath raised him from the dead, you will be saved, verse 10, for it is with your heart that you believe you are justified and it is with your mouth 
your words, you profess your faith and are saved. Notice you're not saved to you profess it. It's your words. That's how you get in the kingdom of God. Your words. They're powerful. They create life or they create death. I've always been fascinated by the Old Testament person of King Solomon. When he took over as king of Israel from his father David, God appeared to him in a dream and invited Solomon. He said, ask for whatever you want me to give to you. Ask whatever you want. I want to give it to you. You just ask. I'll give it to you. And Solomon asked him for the wisdom to lead the nation. Uh, God was so pleased with his request that he gave Solomon the understanding and the discretion he asked for. Plus, his request so blessed God that he also got everything he didn't ask for. Wealth, long life, and the death of his enemies. Look at 1 Kings chapter 3 again, verse 9. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? Verse 10, the Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. So God said to him, since you've asked for this, and not for long life or wealth for yourself, nor have asked for the death of your enemies, but discernment and administering justice, I will do what you have asked. I will give you a wise and discerning heart so that there will never be, have been anyone like you, nor will there ever be. Moreover, I will give you what you have not asked for, both wealth and honor, so that in your lifetime you will have no equal among kings. Now, the Bible doesn't tell us the exact age of Solomon when this occurred. Most scholars believe he was in his late teens when this happened. Yet I often wonder how being such a young man, he would have had such wisdom and maturity to ask for such a selfish thing. When presented by the God of the universe, the request of the ages, what do you want, whatever you ask, I'm going to give it to you. Being a teenager, being a hot-blooded Hebrew young man, I thought he would have asked for the fastest horse and the best chariot or the most beautiful girl at Hebron High, or to travel the world with his friends. But Solomon instead asked for wisdom to lead God's people. How, at his age, did he ask such a God-honoring and God-mature request? How in the world did that happen? Go back with me a few years. King David realizes he's about to die. So he calls his son Solomon in and he speaks over him. And notice what it says. Turn to 1 Chronicles chapter 22. 1 Chronicles chapter 22 verse number 11. David says, Now, Solomon, my son, may the Lord be with you, and may you prosper and build the house of the Lord your God, as he said to you. Verse 12. Only may the Lord give you wisdom and understanding, and give you charge concerning Israel, that you may keep the law of the Lord your God. 
Then you will prosper if you will take care to fulfill the statutes and judgments with which the Lord charged Moses concerning Israel. Be Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be dismayed. King David did not ask his son or speak over his son wealth. He didn't speak over his son long life. He didn't speak over his son a reprieve from his enemies. He blessed him and spoke over him for him to have a desire for wisdom and understanding. And when Solomon was given a chance to ask for whatever he wanted, he knew what was most important because of the words his father had spoken over him and he asked for wisdom. The words we speak over our children are containers. They contain life or they contain death. They contain God's plan for their future or they contain our frustrations with their behavior. Did you hear me? The words that we speak over our children, they contain life or death. They contain God's plan for our children's future or they contain our frustrations with their behavior. Our words over our children contain God's promises and God's thoughts of good toward them or they contain Satan's accusations against them. You're never going to make nothing. If you don't straighten up, you're never going to amount to anything. Where did that come from? Satan is the accuser of the brethren. We are just repeating Satan's accusations or we're repeating God's promises for our children when we speak over them. Our blessings over our children release the angels of God to work in their behalf. Hebrews chapter 1 verse number 13 says this, To which of the angels did God ever say, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet? Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation. When you came in today, I hope every one of you received something I've put together. I call it faith declarations over my children. If you didn't receive one, we'll make sure you get one before you leave. Or for your grandchildren or your nieces or nephews, Take one if your child's not here and they have children, your grandchildren. Take it and tell them to put it on their refrigerator. And declare this over your children on Monday. I declare my children, my grandchildren will develop a passion for the things of God this week. They will hunger and thirst for righteousness. Their minds will be alert and receptive to comprehend the instruction and information presented to them in their classes. They will desire a servant spirit of greatness instead of a worldly lust for success. My words are power containers. My daughter is here today. My son's at his church this morning in another city. But they would, if you talk to them, they'll tell you every day before they'd go to school, we would declare over our children. Every day. You say, well, I don't have time. Well, do you want them to end up blessed or do you want them to end up cursed? Somebody's speaking over your children. You as a parent need to determine the direction your children are going to go because our tongue sets the course of their life. 
Tuesday, Father, I declare your spiritual, emotional, and physical protection over my children, grandchildren today. Evil will be kept far from them, and they will trust in you as their refuge and their strength. They will be able to discern truth and not believe harmful instruction. They will be strong and courageous if danger presents itself. And there are scriptures there for you. Wednesday, I declare my children or my grandchildren will maintain a pure spirit, soul, and body today. Father, create a clean heart and renew a right spirit in my children or my grandchildren. They will be guarded from temptation and always find a way of escape when sin comes their way. I declare it in Jesus' name over my kids. Because death and life is in the power of the tongue. Thursday, Father, I declare my children, my grandchildren's gifts and talents will be evident and make room for them this week. They will be surrounded with godly friends and their steps and plans will be directed by you. Proverbs chapter 18 verse 16 says, A man's gift will make room for him and bring him before great men. Hallelujah. And every day when we'd take our kids to school, we'd say that same thing. Casey, your gift is going to make room for you today and bring you before great men. <laughs> it got so in my son that your gift will make room for you and bring you before great men. He came through the house four years ago. He said, Dad, I did something. I said, what did you do? He said, well, you're probably not going to like it. I said, what did you do? He said, I got a tattoo. I said, you got a tattoo? Why did you get a tattoo? Where well, something you always said, I wanted it planted on me. I said, what? Shut up! <laughs> he turned around and pulled his shirt up and on the back, shoulder blade. Your gift will make room for you and bring you before great men. Proverbs chapter 18, 16. How do you get mad at a kid for putting the Word of God on him? Not like, not like my son-in-law over here who's got some kind of Japanese in there. He don't even know what he's got written on here. Oh, oh you got scripture. You sure it's scripture? Oh, it's the same scripture. Your gift will make... Oh, that's your, that's your cousin that's got Japanese on his... And he don't know what it says. Hung Chow and Hu Flung Dung. That's what it says. That's what happens after you have Hung Chow, Hu Flung Dung. All right, now. We ate at cafe. All you could eat sushi last night. That's why it just popped in my mind. Friday. Friday, I'll close with this. I declare my children, grandchildren, will experience the peace of God today. They will not worry about things they cannot control. The Lord will guard their hearts and minds and they will develop a spirit of gratitude and thanksgiving. They daily will be filled with the joy of the Lord. Stand with me, would you? Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Our children begin school in the next week. This week, if, as you get their supplies, you get their crayons and folders those things are so important 
Let me encourage you as a parent to develop a routine every day. Whether it's your child or your grandchild. Before they leave that house, you speak God's word over them. You declare their future. You take authority over Satan who's going to try to steal your kid that day. You speak God's life over your children. Solomon was the greatest man that ever lived other than Jesus Christ. And the only way he turned out to be that way is because his daddy spoke over him. Thank you for listening to The Simple Truth with Pastor Eddie Turner. Please join us at Family Worship Center, 3045 Memorial Boulevard, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, when you are in the Middle Tennessee area. You can also learn more about FWC at our website, www.familywc.com. Thank you again for listening to The Simple Truth.